Hello and welcome to Neutral Wrestling. It's Danny here, along with Dan. We've got no tebs this week. He's off doing his movie podcast. We want to check out. We've got a very special guest coming up this week. Dan, how are you, mate? I'm all right, Danny. You? Yes, and uh, as I say, you're looking forward to your movie podcast that you're going to be doing with tebs. Yep, can't wait. Do you want to go into any more depth on that? I don't really know that much about it. Yeah, so basically I'm going to be on the <laughs> podcast on, uh, I don't know, I think he said Tuesday or something like that. So yeah, I've retweeted the link. So yeah, if you could do Tebs a favour, follow him, subscribe. Well, I'm not sure if he's submitted it yet. So yeah, follow him and yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. How are you? How have you been? How's lockdown been treating you? Shit. It's absolutely shit. I wish I was in California on a big beach now shouting, but I'm not. No, you're not because you're more <laughs> intelligent than that. I'm right. not. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, um, lots going on in the world of wrestling this week. Um, we've had a few topics of discussion. Um, you watched a little bit of NXT this week. I'm led to believe. Um, what was it like? That was it. It was shit. We're not getting much else of you this week, are we? No, that's because I'm going to talk about <laughs> it on the on the WWE versus AEW yes. podcast. That's fine, that's fine, no problem. Um, what uh, thing, things we've got going on currently, um, SmackDown viewership has had a big dip, and especially with the uh, 1834, the key demographic. What, uh, what's going on there, mate? Uh, I don't know, Danny. It's like I sent you the chart before, so for people who don't know, basically SmackDown, for the first time in its history on Fox, did under 2 million on Friday night. And I, I think it's quite a big drop. Because if you look, I'm going in UK terms. We went in lockdown, what, six weeks ago. So for the 20th of March, SmackDown did 2.5 million viewers. Two weeks later, 2.3. Two weeks after that, 2.1. Now it's 1.9. It's like, obviously, you do expect a little bit of a drop after WrestleMania, which usually does happen. Um, yeah. But it's just quite a big, big drop. Um, considering that everybody really is at home, um, I don't know. I'm not sure if it should be dropping at a rate of 100,000 per week. It's like, what's next week? 1.8 million, 1.7 million. I mean, SmackDown itself, Danny, I don't know. You, you've not, you want to watch SmackDown, I don't Yeah, think, really. I, I have, have watched it. Yeah, no, well, only like clips and highlights. Yeah, so the, same, SmackDown, same with the SmackDown show itself, it was, I don't know, for me, I thought it was, um, it was like, it was all right. There's not really too much going on on SmackDown at the moment. Um, but usually you find that in the build to like a Money in the Bank sort of pay-per-view. But I've been enjoying Raw slightly more. I mean, SmackDown, we had a pretty good Daniel Bryan versus Baron Corbin match. Um, that took up half an hour of the show. But it's like invested in a good match. But then it just ends in DQ. And it's just like, ugh. do you know what I mean? Do I really need a DQ finish when I'm trying to watch a wrestling show to cheer myself up? I want like... I don't know. The baby face to win. I was sat there and I thought to myself, Daniel Bryan cuts that promo at the start of the match. And he's like, I want to be trying. At this stage in my career, I want to be trying and experiencing new things. And in my head, I've got Okada, Tanahashi, Osprey, Sabre in Japan. By experiencing the Money in the Bank ladder match where I try and climb the corporate ladder. And I'm thinking, for fuck's sake. But... Yeah, just a bit depressing, really. I'm thinking you could be there facing Okada, Tanahashi, and instead I'm about to watch your face, as Tebs likes to say, Baron 
Carbon. So, yeah. Banter bars. But um, it was a decent match, but I just didn't like the finish. But, I mean, as you look at, talk, going back to the rating side of it, Otis versus Dolph Ziggler as your main event on Fox, really, as much as, like, it's been an all right feud, I don't think it's going to keep an audience, really. It's not really something you're going to be like, hey, teammate, you're going to be like, hey, have you heard about this? Otis against Dolph Ziggler main event in SmackDown. Do you know what I mean? I don't think anyone's really saying that, but... You're less worried than me about the ratings, aren't you, Danny? Um, I think we are in... I think we're in a funny time at the minute, um, obviously. And we've... People's normal habits are going out the window. Completely out the window. Now, I think we, we spoke off air before. You were saying, well, you know, if anything, because there's more people in, you know, people uh, should have more viewers, if anything... You are right in terms of the drop-off after WrestleMania. But also what we've got to consider is this doesn't take into account anyone who's T-Road it, as they say in the States, or record it, um, or watches it on demand. It's, it's, it's a funny time. People could well be doing these Zoom quizzes with family, and they've changed their Friday night, from, or rather than going out, they might have a Zoom quiz and see all the family and have a drink. There's a number of reasons, but it, it certainly comes across as quite odd. Um, but it is an odd time. Like, you're talking about the quality of matches there. Like, uh, we'll speak of this in, in, in a little while, but AEW, um, John Moxley lives in Las Vegas, and I think they're currently taping in Atlanta, aren't they? Um, so if he's... Depending on what the flight situation is like, he said he's going to put everything in the car and he's going to drive to from Las Vegas to Atlanta. And it's like, it's 28-hour drive. Do you know what I mean? So they've got to use the the the, the wrestlers. You know, if, if somebody lives up in, I think, a, a Edge for, for WrestleMania, have to drive 17 hours um, to, to get there because of all those travel restrictions that are going on. So in terms of match quality, it, it, I think it's more not about match quality. It's who can get there for which tapings, because obviously the taping are, at the moment is a, a, a huge amount of the time. I think they're going back to live as of next week. Is that right? Yeah, well, I think what they've been doing, they've been doing... Um, so it's so AEW on Wednesday are taping live for hmm. this week's show. But then they're going to take yeah. the week after show. So they're going to be taping two shows at a time. So it's going to be live every other week. I think that's the which, plan going which, forward. Which makes sense. I, get, I completely get that. The live TV aspect does make it a bit more. I think you, you naturally want to watch more if it's live. See, but, I would agree with that, Danny, right? But yeah. I think I've found what's happened is there's been no spoilers coming out of really any of these live, you know, any of the tape shows. So for me, the only reason I don't like taped shows is because i always feel if anything yeah. big happened it'd be leaked do you know what i mean and you'd yeah. see it accidentally whereas with this what we found like nothing really got leaked for wrestlemania not that i was aware of at the time i thought maybe the braun Strowman thing had but do you know what i mean i think that nothing seems to be getting leaked so as long as nothing's getting leaked and with the times that we're in i have no problem i think after double or nothing if i'm AEW, i just bulk another set of tapings again 
I don't think. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They're not the next pay per view is what I don't know if they were doing the whole fight for the fallen thing this summer again. A fight a fest. I'm guessing not. Um, but say if their next pay per view is all out in in August, start of September, then really, do you know what I mean? Let's face it. Until the last six weeks, you're just plodding along week by week, aren't you? So you just have a bulk of six week of tapings. Um, that's why I, mean. I think once month different with WWE because they have monthly pay per views. But say if you're NXT, they're not building towards a takeover, so I see no reason why NXT needs to be live every couple of weeks. Just tape six shows. Because I'm being honest, I watch the NXT show, and I'll talk mm. more about it on the uh, WWE versus AEW podcast. But I was bored shitless watching that. I'm not going to lie, I was bored. I was bored out of my brains watching it. I'm trying to skip through it. I'm thinking I'm watching a show where. The building up, half of the show centered around the cruiserweight title. I've been trained up over the last three years to not give a flying fuck about the cruiserweight title. So I'm definitely not going to care about it when you've got guys in it who are, are with the company. And I don't know, I don't know. But at least we've I've been enjoying. I'll be honest with you, I've been enjoying Raw. I, I think there's. I don't know if you, what you've watched of it, Danny. You said you watched has. I think Zelina Vega, and I know you're not a big fan of Drew McIntyre. I think Drew McIntyre has really flourished. Um, well, character-wise, I, over these last few weeks. To, to be honest with you, it is an admission I've got to make. The bits that I've seen and the matches that I've had seen and the interviews um, and his interaction on social media, it, 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 it certainly seems to have taken a better direction for me. Um, because, as I say, I, I wasn't I wasn't interested in his character. I've certainly got more interested in it now. Yeah, I think what it is as well, Danny, we're not used to, over the years, watching WWE book a babyface strong. Except maybe John Cena, occasionally The Undertaker, years ago, obviously. So it's good to see. Like, we've watched WWE this time last year. We would have been complaining about the booking of, say, Seth Rollins. Do you know what I mean? Looking like an absolute loser. So it's good to see and booking a babyface as strong, like... Every Raw, Drew McIntyre seems to be standing strong. Um, and I, I think it's a good advantage that he's had. It's might have worked. I know at the time, I think I read an interview where he was gutted. He didn't get the WrestleMania moment in front of all the crowd, which is fine. But if you ask Seth Rollins, you got the great pop last year when you beat Lesnar. And then the crowd just sort of turned on you. So with the way that Drew's been booked, maybe, you know what wrestling fans are like, if he's perceived as the chosen one. They might well turn on him. But when he's like, he's just getting to like do his own thing week by week. He's not worrying about crowd reaction. Because in the road to WrestleMania, he was sort of like coming up with a few corny lines. And like, just, I didn't feel like the booking in the Lesnar feud was too great after his Royal Rumble win. Um, but then on these episodes of Ride, you feel like he's... I don't know, some, sometimes you give someone the belt and they run with it, and I definitely think Drew McIntyre's been doing that. Um, look at G. I know we refer, refer to G on these podcasts uh, recently. G, for those who haven't listened to previous podcasts, why you've not done that, I don't know. Go and check them all out on YouTube. We've been posting <laughs> weekly podcasts for the last few weeks now, full of positivity and love to get you through this lockdown. But um, G has basically just started watching wrestling. He watched WrestleMania, enjoyed it, and he's been watching it since, weekly. And he, his favourite wrestler is Drew McIntyre, and I don't think that's any coincidence. So, yeah. That was my yeah, point. Yeah, um, and I can see why. Um, 
you know, we, we, we all have our biases about certain people and stuff, and we, we've got to be, I, I try to be as honest as I can about them, you know, with, with him and with Randy Orton, I've just got a blind spot for them, but he's, he's certainly coming out of that, so well done to him, well done to WWE. Yeah, definitely. Positive talk about WWE for the last five minutes. What is going on? <laughs> well, um, in regards to not so positive news about WWE, we've got two injuries from WrestleMania that have just surfaced. Um, Kevin Owens uh, with an ankle injury. I uh, believe he's going to be out for about a month to two months. And a more serious injury for uh, Jimmy Uso. He's going to be out of action for six to nine months. Um, what does this mean for both guys? Um, and what does it mean for Jay Uso as well, Dan? Yeah, well, I think for Kevin Owens, it means you get a month or two off. Heal up with your family. If I'm Kevin Owens, I'm thinking it, it's not the worst thing that could have happened. Although he was riding a bit of momentum. He was. That's what I was going to say. He was. Uh, he put in a great match with uh, with Rollins and Mania, and um, you the you know. <laughs> He's never really got going, has he? No, he's, it's he's very always, stop he's, and start. He's always been in and around like the upper mid cards. But, I mean, I loved, I loved the feud he had when he came into the main roster when he was still an XT champion with Cena. I thought it was done fantastically. Um, and then ever since he dropped the Universal title to Goldberg, I just feel like like the the, the Chris Jericho thing was great. But I think ever since he dropped that title, it's been it's been just up and down. And a guy who's funny, who can cut a promo, who can be mean, and who is for, for I mean one of the most enjoyable people to watch in the ring from my vantage point. I don't understand it. Yeah, I think they mess for me. This goes back to Danny when they brought him. They were bringing him back before WrestleMania thirty five. And he was in the position to be the babyface to challenge Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. And that was the scheduled match at 35, Kevin Owens versus Daniel Bryan. They were doing like all the stuff where he was taking his kid bowling, if you remember the vignettes. Um, and then what happened was Kofi got himself over um, and he obviously got the match. The rest is history. They had a great match. The best of Kofi Kingston's career at WrestleMania. And Kevin Owens was sort of like left in the lurch. He returned... I believe the night, was it? The, we would have been there, maybe. I don't know. Um, mm. he, he he came back. He didn't get on that WrestleMania card. Um, and he was back as a babyface for, what, a couple of weeks. We'd have vignettes of him for two months as a babyface. And then they had him turn on Kofi Kingston. He then lost to Kofi Kingston. And he was left with nothing as a heel. They then tried turning him back face. And when you flip-flop in someone heel and face to feed to other people, I think it kills your momentum. I mean, you look at a Braun Strowman. He kept turning heel and babyface to feud with Roman Reigns, and then he'd be a babyface, like that whole thing with um, whatever that kid were called at WrestleMania. He was babyface then, weren't he? Then he went back to heel to uh, form an alliance with Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler, and then he went back to babyface. And I think you need a long run as a face or as a heel to get yourself, sort of solidify your character. And I think when you flip-flop, look at Dolph Ziggler. How many times has he been face and heel? So the point where nobody seems to care anymore. Um, but big yeah. show as well. Yeah, big show, big <laughs> big show. Flipping out, big show. Um, but yeah, so I think with Kevin Owens, best thing is rest up, get a month for two off with your wife, with your kid. 
well, kids, do you know what I mean? Just relax for a few months. I think the bigger thing, really, like we say, is for the Usos, who obviously they were out of action for quite a while um, with the whole one of them got arrested, didn't they, for drink driving? I think it's the guy who's injured. Um, um, so obviously, if you're who's been injured, Jimmy, J- Jimmy's the one who's injured, isn't he? It so is indeed. For, for Jay, it's like it's sort of like when Luke Harper and Eric Rowan. Um, I think Luke Harper got injured and it left Eric Rowan on his own for like months doing nothing with tag teams. WWE do have a tendency to just forget about the other guy. Look at when Jeff Hardy was injured. Matt Hardy for the last year did nothing. So I would, I think it's more of an issue, obviously, for Jay, who I think, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I can't imagine him giving him a singles run. Maybe they will. But, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a rough time in that, in that circumstance. Um, I don't think, I don't think we're ever going to see Jimmy and Jay so um as singles, both as singles competitors in the WWE. I think the more likely thing is that maybe they might split them up and then one, um, and then down the line, um, one of them shines and one of them goes elsewhere. That's that's the, the only thing you can see. But with being brothers, I think they want to stick. To, you, you just don't know. But it's it, it's a tough it's a tough ask to see what they do with Jey Uso at the moment. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, did you watch Dark Side of the Ring this this week, Danny? The uh, oh, I I watched it yesterday. Um, the uh, John Stossel, Doctor D, David Schultz. Um, yeah, I did. It was it was um, the most enjoyable one I've seen since the Benoit. Yeah, yeah. Well, I won't call the Benoit enjoy it, but no, I, still, but you, I, you find it, I know what you mean. The most interesting one. I didn't know the story going into it. Um, so yeah, I was. It was. Just, I was sat watching, thinking, "Who's bullshitting here?" I think obviously I didn't even really know about any of these guys beforehand. But like, I was thinking. I mean, I was reading what Melt support, and he was saying that. Um, well, obviously the whole thing was Hulk Hogan came on the podcast on the Austin's podcast, didn't he? And said that mm. David Schultz slapped Mr. T, whereas Meltzer said that that wasn't true. Um, and basically, he just had verbals with him, and then he got escorted out. But I don't know. I thought it was. We, we, like, I felt a bit like I couldn't work out if whether to be annoyed at that Eddie Mansfield guy or not. Um, but it was definitely interesting. That David Schultz say one thing I did think he was great on the microphone. Yeah, he was just a, a big Tennessee fucking redneck. But what, what I loved about it was the fact that he, when he was being interviewed by Stossel, he called, that's why these rednecks aren't in it, um, in his very, very Tennessee accent. It was quite funny. Yeah, but I, t- I just like it when someone calls wrestling fake. I just think, well, fair game. Not not to obviously like bitch slap, but I, I, I don't like the F word oh. either. The thing was, there was um, there was two journalists that were out for WWE, um, and th- this sort of force bomb. John Stossel previously had done very high up, sort of you know, where corporate bullying cases, the serious issues that really needed bringing to light. Um, and there was a guy, and I can't, I can remember his surname because it was the same surname as the guy that used to run one of the NWA territories, uh, Muchnik. I think it was Phil Muchnik, the, the name of the journalist. And I remember Jim Cornette, um, when he did, when he was in WWF, had a real go at him on Raw 
during the Monday nights, um, Monday Night Wars early on, I think 96, 95, he had been a consistent detractor of pro wrestling. Um, and him and another guy who I can't remember had done article after article about how wrestling is bad for the American youth. Um, and it was these articles that gained traction from the public that Stossel then acted on from what I'm told. Um, and this, like, he was a, a, a serious investigative journalist. Why on earth go and pick on wrestling? There's more important things. And you could see him when he was when he was being interviewed, he was struggling. He was just like, well, it's just bullshit. I was offended as a collegiate wrestler when I was, you know, when I was there, that people thought pro wrestling was real. People just enjoyed it. It was, it, we always knew there was something up, even back in the day. You know, the, we knew the things weren't real. We didn't know how because we didn't have the internet. Nobody was talking, but we knew it wasn't real. Um, so it, let's just take that as as given and yet so why did they feel the need to go after it when all they'd gone after previously was really really high up corruption i don't get it i thought the guy came off as a bit of a dick to be honest he, he yeah he did um and as i say the worst thing that happened was that uh, Richard Belzer, I think his name was, I think he was in Taxi, you know, he was a New York comedian, when Hulk Hogan choked him out live on television and he banged his head. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking heck. That was a bit... It, you know, he... Yeah, as I think Jim Cornette said on, on the programme, you could tell he, he didn't even swing back. He didn't get power in his slaps. Um, you know, this Stossel fellow was... Uh, I'll be honest with you, it's something that's close to me, so I, I couldn't get fucking glad he got slapped. Um, I just wish he hadn't got that payout. And now what did he get? Two, 250, was it? Yeah, it's something like that. And, you know, back in 1986. That was a lot. Yeah. It's a lot now, but, I mean, it's even more back then, so. Yeah, I bet he's glad that it Well, He definitely would have been glad that it happened. When he was all like, when he, I didn't like that bit where he was like, oh, I had ringing in the ears. And stuff like that. But then when I got the payout, that ringing did sort well, of like go away. And I just thought, oh, piss off. What they didn't show is when he, the week after they showed it on ABC News, he come back and there's footage on YouTube and he's got the, inter- the, the, the news anchor interviewing him. And she said, and how has it affected you? And he said, oh, it's affected my family and and this and that. And I'm scared to go. You know, it was a very scary time. Just thought, grow up, you fucking dope. He looks like a bit of a worm anyway. Yeah, yeah exactly. You, you know, but as I say, I'm probably so against it because I'm a wrestling fan. If somebody with a bit more balance looked at it, they'll just say uh, it, it was probably just a little bit of poor sensationalist report, and he really shouldn't have been slapped. But fucking, yeah. But hey, I, what other? I, I was surprised, Danny. Actually, that this got the second highest ratings. The sorry, the second highest amount of viewers of the series for this. Whereas going into it, I didn't think it would have been, you know, a more. I didn't really think it'd be one that would appeal to too many people because people, say, from my generation might not have heard of him and things like that, but it's got the second highest viewings um, in the Dark Side of the Rings series. Mm. So that was quite a surprise. Yeah. He's sort of building a brand for themselves now. I feel like it's sort of the routine now. On a Tuesday, Wednesday, I'll sort of, yeah, Dark Side of the Ring was on. I'll go and check that out. 
Yeah, it's. It, I mean, I'm. I am enjoying it. Even the ones that that aren't like the last couple of weeks, I, I, it's still being presented and shown well. You know, it's still like a good TV program to watch. Um, so I, I, I don't know. Like the the other thing as well. Not not long after this, you, you've heard of the thing with Bob Costa, haven't you? The sports guy. No. Nope. Where Vince nearly punched him on live TV. No. That's another one worth watching. That's not. It's, this isn't on the dark side of the ring series. Basically, again, they're the, the having a go at wrestling for being a bad influence on the American youth. And uh, this Bob Costas tries to set him up on live TV, tries to get him to walk into certain silly questions. And Vince sort of, you can see him ready to get up and uh, it gets really combative, combative at one point. Uh, but Bob Costas is a huge sports guy in America and he's not used to dealing with wrestling or entertainment. Um, but poor Vince nearly, uh, nearly smacked him. As if. Mm. Good old Vince. Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll move on if that's all right. We'll uh, look up and see um, dynamite from this week. Do you want to have a little chat about this with? Um, I know the, we've got the podcast of AW versus NXT at the moment as well. Yeah, well, what I'm thinking of doing, Danny, is I'm just going to add our review into that show. Okay, save me talking fine. about it twice. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I thought did this show. As I say, I message you saying I definitely. Go out and watch. So the show opened up with um, the. It was like a package for the Cody Rolls Darby Allen um, opening match for really, the semi final. Really good package as well, wasn't it? Yeah, I really liked it. I mean, people like say like for might have forgotten. I mean, I obviously remembered their match from was it Fighter Fest? I, I think it was from yeah. Fighter Fest um, last year, where it obviously went to the twenty minute time draw, and that was a really good match. That sort of was when. People first started to like get onto this whole Darby Allen character, um, and then they had a match which I'd sort of forgotten about from the New Year's Day at Daly's place, where um, I think was it Arn Anderson sort of helped. He told Cody to put his deeds up for the coffin drop to get the win, yeah. and um, but yeah, it, uh, Darby Allen's basically saying it's not about the beginning, it's not about the middle, it's about the end. That's the what matters. And I'm thinking, oh, are they going to have are they going to have Darby Allen go over here? But yeah, I just thought, and then the match itself opened the show, and I just thought, considering obviously there's no crowd, I thought they worked a really good match. Uh, they told out, they told a really good story with Darby working on Cody's knee. We have a bit of tension, maybe. I, I think that was a funny spot, Daddy. You know where, um, basically, what what was it like? Darby dodged Brandy, and what the Cody goes straight into Darby goes straight into Brandy Rolls, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, and Jericho's like he did that on purpose. <laughs> Jericho is amazing. He's like Cody deliberately did that, and then it showed the replay, and you could just see Cody sort of brush Darby's back towards um, Brandy. Then Jericho's even what? See, I told you, I told you. <laughs> I was laughing my head off. I think Jericho on commentary, he's he's not technically brilliant. He, he will, you know, he will interrupt people. He will over. He will, he will speak over people. But he's absolutely hilarious. He, he, like, he reminds me of when CM Punk used to do commentary. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. He, he's great, Danny. I, feel, I just I feel like in this sort of day and age, with what, like, do you know what I mean? With I'm sick of talking about this stupid COVID nineteen, but um, with everything that's going on, someone like Jericho on commentary, it's just what you need. It sort of gets you free, makes up for the not being a crowd. Um, he's he's just brilliant on commentary, just brilliant. Um, but yeah, so the match ends with um, D- Cody Rhodes hits the coffin drop on Darby Allen. I think Darby Allen kicks out. I haven't actually got a note in front of me on this. Um, but then what does Cody... Cody goes... What what happens, Danny? I, I know that um, with, with the ending of the match, is it Cody that... Darby hits the coffin drop on Cody and Cody sort of like... Like just sort of hooks his well, shoulder back. Yeah, so Alan... Alan hit the, the coffin drop and Cody basically reversed it into like a... Uh, I can't remember the name of the pin, but it's like a sideways. It's like what you finish a crucifix pin with. Um, so he he done it, and I think there was a little bit of um, intrigue as to whether who got who. Um, yeah. But obviously, it was Cody who got the uh, the game. I thought it was a really really good match. Um, I've got to be honest with you. I think both Rhodes brothers shone tonight, but this was the first one. Cody just makes everyone everyone look better than they actually are. Um, it's it, it's hard for me not to like him. Yeah, well, I'm not saying anything about Darby. Darby had a great match the week before as well, but um, they, they've got really good chemistry, these two together. I feel like a yeah. comparison, obviously maybe not as good as this, but say like with the in New Japan, they're doing the whole Okada, Will Ospreay, and it's like, Will Ospreay, w- will he ever beat Okada? He always comes close, but Okada seems to always get the pin over him. They've faced three or four times now. And when Osprey eventually does beat Okada in a few years, that's going to be huge. And I feel like they've sort of got that with this, where like when Darby Allen eventually does get that big win over Cody down the line, it's going to be a huge moment for him. And we even had, speaking of Okada, we even had Cody sort of hitting his own little rainmaker and then maintaining wrist control. So, yeah. Bit of a nod to Okada there from Cody Rose during this match. But yeah, it was a really good match and it sort of like just set up the tone for the show. I was surprised that it opened, but I was trying to think, why would this open over the main event? And then it hit me. They probably planned to do this on two separate weeks because a few times on this show, you'd notice people having different outfits on. Like I think Brandy came back out with a different outfit on to watch right, the okay. opening match. And then um, it was just like, few little things I just thought would they have done that on the same week but maybe they didn't but I think I, I think it opened hot um and, and it closed hot as well but we'll, we'll go into that a bit more um they are throwing in a couple of jobber matches aren't they um on each you know I know we spoke about the way what happened with Kenny the other week but um the next one was that Wardlow versus a another jobber. Um, it was all right. Get, it was all right match, but I think there seems to be more of it here than there is in WWE. Yeah, see, I thought that, but then I watched NXT and I felt like they sort of like did had a few of these like jobber matches. But I thought Wardlow, I, I like that movie did with the knee. Yes, you know, at, on the at the corner, I thought that could easily be used as a finisher. And then obviously like an aeroplane spin sort of move for the win, but it's just it's just plodding along in it really, keeping the stuff going. Um, Wardlow it's getting just... more exposure on TV can only be a good thing because he sort of took a back seat to MJF um, well, as the week's gone he's, on. He's made it made him look strong. That's the main thing. It served its purpose. 
Um, but I don't think it's going to be the kind of belt anyone's going to be talking about in coming weeks. But what we have missed out on, what I have missed out Scorpio Sky. Yes, but also the um the the MJF promo about his injury. Yeah, talking really. about how his nail and then he cut himself he, shaving. He said he's got the doctor said he's got the strongest nails he's ever seen. Uh, and that he'll be back. But I think it's just great. This again, it's it's probably down to due to logistics not being able to get there. But every week it's just he's so good at getting being that shit out of you. Yeah, see, for me, I preferred the Scorpio Sky thing to the MJ. I don't know, the MJF thing, you sort of expect it from him, but I feel like Scorpio Sky has sort of like, he sort of like broke out at the start of AEW with like, he had his main event match with Jericho. Um, he had a match, I think, where he, he came out and wrestled for an injured Christopher Daniels without a shoe on. And then I just thought that they'd be, each week, Danny, they'd be doing these packages, sort of building him up. Like, he always felt like he was going to be the third man going into SCU. But I just love the line at the end for him, where he was like, I don't want to be good. I don't even want to be great. I want to be a fucking legend. And I just mm. thought, I don't know. I, I feel like they might have something with Scorpio Sky. Uh, there's a lot of, lot of um, I don't know, I think I read it somewhere that Tony Khan is a huge fan of Scorpio Sky. Um, but yeah, he's been one that's impressed me during um, the opening. What What is it now? Nine months of dynamite, seven, eight months of dynamite, but yeah. So, and then what What did you make of this? Uh, what is it? The the bubbly bunch, what this, this, uh, it's not really oh, doing was, it for me. Did you, I thought it was hilarious, I've got to be honest with you. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just it's filling time, but I've got to be honest, I found it quite funny because it was having a knock on all the uh, don't rush videos, wasn't it? Um, where they would get everyone was getting either super kicked or hit by the camera or a headbutt. I just I just thought it was quite it was quite amusing. Nah, it was alright. What about the next match? Kip Kip Sabian, Jimmy Havoc versus the best friends. I was not expecting this to be as good as it was. No, it's exactly the same. Um again, it's the I think again on this one. The, the people who were outside, the, the other wrestlers who were outside the ring, uh, I think they even started the This Is Awesome chant or something like that. But it's great that they, it helped the match. Um, I think the fact that they were, um, you know, they were hitting each other with chairs and the, the mini ladder, um, but they were doing double team moves as well. Um, I thought it, I, 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 it was a lot better than I was expecting. Um, I think it was a decent match. Uh, <laughs> I think I love Orange Cassidy being in there with best friends as well. I think he adds something to it. Yeah, definitely. But it, I just thought it was a nice, crazy brawl, middle of the show. Um, I thought it could even have an argument of being the best match on the show, um, if you're into that sort of thing. Um, Jericho did make a point of why are they tagging, which did come into my head at a point. But there was some brute, these guys were killing themselves, really, considering there's no crowd. Do you know what I mean? It's just a middle of the match show. They were, yeah. do you know what I mean? They were taking some heavy bumps. Yeah, I agree, and I think the, the I, I think I'd quite like to see Kip Sabian and um, Jimmy Havoc again as a team. And that, that's what that's what I got from it. Um, yeah, that's think, where they're gonna go. I think 
complemented each other well. Obviously, because they're both British, um, it, it makes you know it makes sense. The typical typical thing to do, isn't it? Um, so yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing more of this. Um, now the next match, I think I'm going to have to leave to you the Sean Spears match because I didn't see much of it at all. Oh, neither did I. I was barely paying attention. I think before that, did we have a Brit? Maybe it was after a Brit Baker video package. Oh yes, um, where she was being horrible about Tony Schiavone. <laughs> but I don't know. Britt Baker's getting herself over as the weeks go on. See, I just feel like this with like obviously like the empty arena stuff. It is a way you can get people over with your video packages. I feel like AEW are doing a great job with that Scorpio Sky. They've been doing this with Britt Baker. Um, a few weeks ago, they did a few video packages with Lance Archer. There is, as you alluded to, MJF. You can make great use of video packages. Um, yeah. during this period in time. And I do think they're doing a really good job with it. Um, it doesn't all have to be in the ring. But yeah, I'm re- the last two weeks, I've loved Dynamite. Really, I've loved it. I had a spell where I was like, oh, I don't want to watch wrestling in front of empty arenas, but I ain't going month on month without watching wrestling. Um, and I've really enjoyed the last two episodes of Dynamite. But yeah, Sean Spears defeats Baron Black. Sean Spears can consider himself lucky that WWE granted his release 12 months ago, because I'm telling you right now, I would not see a chance in hell that AEW would have signed him if it had been now. You know, like with all the other people available on the free market, I just feel like, I don't feel like he's suited to AEW. Um, I just feel like it was the timing more than anything that got him the job when WWE allowed him his release a year ago. He just, he just doesn't really fit for me. I don't want to, like, bury the guy, do you know what I mean? I'm glad he's got a job or whatever, but I just don't think he's very good. And you see, he's, he's, got one major, he's got one major, major thing going for him. Peyton Royce. No. Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's one of Cody's best mates. Yeah. And he, I, he, he can do a job. Where, where he's being placed at the moment, I don't mind. I don't mind watching him. I don't think he's terrible. But at the same time, it's a lot better guys there. Um, so, yeah, I kind of agree, but I kind of don't as well. I, I, if he'd got released in this latest batch, I'll, just due to his friendship with Cody, I could have seen him being taken on. But, as it is, not the case. Um, we go into Brody Lee versus Marco Stunt. I love this video package building up. You know, building it up before. <laughs> I thought it like... Do you know what I mean? It just showed, like, it was, what was it? It was just like a squash match, weren't it? Yeah. But they sort of built up why Marco Stunt was, like, in the match um, and that he wasn't just going to roll over. I just thought it was a nice little video package to build up Marco Stunt. And I don't know, Danny, I enjoyed the match, considering it was a squash match. Jericho put him over really well on commentary as well. Um, you you got to give him a stew there. He was constantly talking about how he, you know, he changed his mind and Tony Schiavone saw him out his heart and this, that, and the other. And yeah, so I, I can't, I can't get what they were doing. What I've, I may as well bring it up. The I've got a problem with Brody Lee. I think either he is hugely underperforming. Or he's not given the ability to actually go 100%, which I would kind of understand because of the situation at the moment. They may want him to save his best in front of a live crowd. But at the moment, his gear looks like shit. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Doesn't it look terrible, that gear? 
he looks awful. He looks like he looks like a minimum um, a, a minimum effort creator wrestler on one of the games he used to play years ago. Um, I don't understand it. It doesn't go with his character. Um, it, it, it looks poor. Um, in, in the ring, he's doing what he always does. You know, big man who's got a lot of bit athleticism. But in terms of both his promos and the way he, the way he acts inside the ring, I don't, I don't like it. Um, it I think he, he he promised more than that. He was much better in Ring of Honor, um, and he was. I'll be honest with you, he was much better in WWE for me. His character was much, much more on point. Um, and you know, if he's being portrayed as a top heel in AEW. That's fucking terrible. See, now, I'm going to sort of disagree, but I, I don't know if you've seen the video packages with the first few weeks of, when he was in the Dark Order with him, like, boss, like with, with a steak where he's eating the steak or whatever. And he's basically playing off Vince McMahon, yeah. Yeah, I liked that stuff. I thought that was good. No, I, didn't then, not, I didn't not like it. It just wasn't, it didn't have as much substance as it should have. Uh, see, I, I saw, I saw, I thought it was fine. But it's more, that's good. And then it's more when he's actually out there in front of the cameras. I'm looking at his ring gear and I'm thinking, yeah. you look like the guy who was in WWE and then six months later would show up in TNA looking a little bit out of shape, a little yeah. bit like they're not too fussed about what's going on. In the shit gear, he was just there for a paycheck. I mean, I'm sure that's not the reason because I no, think he's motivated to prove Vince McMahon wrong. But I, the ring gear needs to be sorted ASAP for me because okay. wrestling's all about presentation. Look at you. Look at certain wrestlers that we've seen. They can just get themselves over by a theme tune of the presentation of the character. Um, but yeah, I think ring gear is as much as people say no. It's what they do in the ring matters. Ring gear presentation resonates with wrestling fans. It really does. You're right, and but it's. It, it, like you look at his character in um in WWE and it was it wasn't it wasn't like expensive gear, it was jeans and a t shirt apart from when he was with, in the Bludgeon Brothers with, you know. But it was like a, a white vest top and jeans and he had a presence. He had his hair out, he was a bit mad looking sometimes. Um he had a presence in the ring. He hasn't got that at the moment so far in AEW. Um, and talk about presentation and what what you've just said there about um, about Brodie Lee. Look at Lance Archer, yeah. previously Lance Hoyt of Brodie TNA, where he was he was all he, like he, he he didn't have anything going. He couldn't get a swell of support. He was wearing black black pleather kecks, and you know his hair was. Hair was down. Look at him now, the way he's got his hair, he's tattooed up, the ring gear, um, he, the murder hawk gimmick. It's completely, completely different. Yet it's the same fella doing a lot of the same stuff with, uh, and, and he has worked on his physique. But the presentation is important and it does play into the match, it plays into the storyline. And I mean, we'll go, may as well. Transition onto this match now, Lance Archer versus Dustin Rhodes, which for me was the match of the night. But I think it could have been this, and I think it could have been Cody versus Allen. And as you said, you you enjoyed the um, 
the the tag team match as well. So, what was your thoughts on this Dustin Rhodes Lance Archer and the TNT title tournament? I feel like I've got a lot of thoughts on this match. I th- as it's going, I'm watching them thinking, "Yep, yeah, this is good." This, and then at halfway through, I'm thinking, "I wouldn't have it go on so long." I yeah. think Lance Archer should be a killer. He should be beating Dustin Rhodes in five minutes. And then I'm watching it. I'm thinking, yeah, the ma- if you sit there solely and you think to yourself, right, this match, if you sat there with a stopwatch thinking, why has this match gone 15 minutes? Yeah. But with the way it ends, the way mm. it ends where um, Archer has made him bleed, looks like a killer, beats him clean. I'm so happy that he's using the EDB claw, EBD claw, whatever. Um, I love that finisher that he'd been using in New Japan. I don't mm. think I'd seen it yet in AEW. Maybe I've missed something. Um, but I did. The ending sort of, for me, redeemed the fact that the match had gone on far too long and that uh, Dustin Rhodes did have a bit too much offense for me. Um, but d- the lasting memory of this match was the ending, not the fact that Dustin Rhodes got um, too much offense in the match. But for me, the favorite spot, Danny, was <laughs> Jericho's trying to name a He's trying to name a state in Texas and he can't think of it. And he goes, we'll just move on. And then about 30 seconds later, he just randomly starts screaming, Dallas, El Paso, um, three other. Yeah. And I'm just, and then Tony Schiavone joins in and shout names one as well. And I'm just thinking this is brilliant, but uh, yeah, we'll talk- I'd love for Schiavone and Jericho to have their own little podcast together. <laughs> I'll tell you what, the, the, the- AEW podcast with Tony Schiavone and um, the um, Aubrey is very good from what I've listened to. Haven't listened to the Taz one yet, but all the rest of them uh, I've come across really, really well. Uh, side note that though, I thought this match its its length helped it, but I understand why people don't didn't like it. I like the fact that it showed it showed Dustin as he was that he was that veteran who was going to keep coming back and keep coming back but then it actually played into the story of what i imagine will uh you know going forward it's gonna i think it's the next match isn't it uh cody versus uh lance archer so cody come out and was about to throw the towel and dustin stopped him put dustin over well it put cody over well as the caring brother and it also put archer over as this fucking um as a cold-hearted killer, so I think it worked well and told the story for all all the, the the three main participants in this match. If you could call Cody a participant, yeah, I mean they did this. Did they do the spot? I feel I don't know if I'm just like imagining this, but didn't they do the spot where um the the, the where like Dustin sort of like rolled up Lance Archer sort of like um. Cody did to Darby Allen in the first match. I'm sure Lance Archer hit a move and like Dustin sort of just like yanked the shoulders back as mm. like sort of like a nod to the first match. I thought that was a great spot. Maybe I'm imagining it, but I'm sure that that happened. I'm thinking that was a nice little throwback to the first match. But yeah, they, they sort of like set up Cody versus um, Lance for double or nothing. Um, but yeah, Danny, we've watched an hour and a half of wrestling in front of no fans. We've had three really good matches. Some nice little, we had the Scorpio Sky, you liked the MJF interview. We had the John Moxley um, interview as well. So we've had three nice little vignettes, whatever you want to call them. Three really good matches. What I don't see what more people could want. 
you know, for an well, hour and a half wrestling show. This is what we were talking about when I, Dan, me and Dan were speaking. Dan told me to, uh, it was a really good episode. Um, I went on and enjoyed it. But a lot of feedback to say that this wasn't good. I think, personally, I think people are seeing the job as matches and writing it off completely um, and, and losing interest. Because we all know if, you, if your interest drops during the show, you, you never really take notice of all the little nuances that go on after that. And you don't enjoy it as much if if your interest drops. And I think that might be what's happening. Yeah, I, sp- I suppose. I don't know. I'm just... You can always look at your phone for the couple of minutes that the job is matches around. It's not like they take up too much time. Um, obviously, for the Sean Spears one, I'm pretty sure I went got a can of Pepsi Max Cherry Coke and just cracked on with it. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Um, uh, we'll, I honestly can't say, but I really enjoyed it. You did, but other than that, I've seen a lot of comments to the contrary. Mm, I thought it was a really good show. Two, I don't know, three really good matches. What more could you want? Indeed, indeed. Uh, anything else you want to talk about or wrap up on? No, I think I think that was it, Danny. Um, we'll be back. We're doing a Money in the Bank preview show at some point this week. Um, if you have time, if not, I can do it on my own. Yeah, no, that's fine. It's good. Yeah, yeah, we'll just run through the matches. So look out for that. Um, look out for WWE versus AEW podcast, which will be up probably tomorrow. So there's this show, tomorrow's show, Money in the Bank preview show. Um, so yeah, we'll be back. Are you staying up for Money in the Bank next Sunday, Danny? I will be. This may as well. There's nothing else to do. Yeah, is nothing else to do. Yeah. So we'll do a podcast on the Monday, I'm assuming, reviewing that. So in the next week, you've got a Money in the Bank preview, Money in the Bank review, two WWE versus AEW podcasts and the show you're listening to now. So plenty going on from Neutral Wrestling. So make sure you subscribe. Um, just go on YouTube, search Neutral Wrestling, hit that subscribe button. I think we passed 500 subscribers yesterday, so that's great. Um, yeah, support us at www.patreon.com forward slash Neutral Wrestling. We are also on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and pretty much everywhere else you can get your podcast from, except at Podbean, the Robin Bastards charging me 11 quid a month. So, yeah. Mm. <laughs> Thank you very much, everyone. Have a great week, and we'll see you for the Money in the Bank preview. Fuck Pod Bean. See you later, everyone.